You look the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. But then her mother always said things like that. Mothers did. And Aunt Mabe never noticed her. And Uncle Joe insisted on calling her his chickadee all the time. And when she asked Fack what he thought, he said severely, It's more important to be good than beautiful girl, and if you ain't, you'll know it. One of these days, you'll know it. She sighed. Yes, I know now, actually. Because already she secretly suspected it was her fault Daddy had been torpedoed in the Atlantic. Surely, if her mother hadn't been expecting her and had come to Aunt Mabe's to get away from the bombing, Daddy wouldn't have tried to cross the sea to visit them, so wouldn't have been... Back said suddenly, You ain't bad-looking, girl, I'll give you that. She flung her arms around his knees and hugged him hard, and he lost his balance and fell back on her bed. And Aunt Mabe came into the room when they were laughing fit to bust. "'What the hell's going on?' she asked in a voice like a lemon that had been kept in an icebox for two years. Rose said, "'I was cuddling Fack's knees, Aunt Mabe, and he fell over, and he, he looked so funny we laughed.' She was surprised Aunt Mabe needed an explanation. It was so obvious what had happened. But Fack got up, all embarrassed, and said, Will there be anything more, Missy Mabel? And Aunt Mabe said, I don't think so. Do you? And Fack was out of the room very quickly. Mother and Aunt Mabel came through one of the doors with Mr. and Mrs. Laban and their two grandsons. One was called Eric and the other, Lennox. They were not much older than Rose, and they wore grown-up black suits and stiff white collars, like the waiters. Mrs. Laban said, She must be somewhere, girls. Don't panic. Aileen, I can't tell you how lovely it is to see you looking so beautiful. The end of this dreadful war, my dear. The beginning of something new. Especially for you, hmm? Mother said, Well, England isn't new, of course, but yes, you're right. I must look forward now. Aunt Mabe said, Why don't you stay here, darling? From what I hear, England is pretty much drabland at the moment. Rose held her breath. She'd never seen England, but her mother spoke of it every day. There were nursery fires with brass fire guards around them and hot buttered scones for tea, and everything was always the same. That was what Rose wanted, for everything to be always the same. Eric shouted, Oh, there's Rosie Posy all the time. Hi, Brat. Mrs. Laban said, Behave yourself, Eric. You are escorting Rose, remember? When the senator arrives, I want you to present her properly. Miss Rosamond Harris. Can you remember that? Eric said, Oh, Grandmother. Lennox said, I'm glad I'm escorting you, Mrs. Harris. You look simply marvelous. Lennox always talked like that. On the whole, Rose thought she preferred Eric's approach. She stood by his side in what Uncle Joe called the line-up and shook hands with some of the arrivals, was picked up and admired by others. No one said she looked like Snow White, 
and Mother hadn't replied to Aunt Mabe about staying in Connecticut. In the dining room, the victory cake was waiting on its own special table. It was as big as the sand pit at the farm, but it wasn't all cake, only the outside was edible. In the middle, there was a hole covered with white cardboard that looked like the icing. That was why the cake had its own table, with a cloth going down to the floor. You could go underneath the cloth and stand up in the middle of the cake. At the appointed time, an actress, a real actress from the summer theatre, was going to pop up out of the cake, wearing a dress and hat made entirely of the stars and stripes. At first, Mrs. Laban had suggested Rose should be the girl. She said Rose would represent the new generation of peace. Also, as Rose was sort of English, it would be kind of hands across the sea.